I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 512 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. This is your first time listening to the podcast. Please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I got an incredible guest for you guys to kick off the new month of August here. Ethan Suplee is a Hollywood actor who has starred in smash hit movies, including American History X, Remember the Titans, Blow, The Wolf of Wall Street, and so many others. You've also seen him on hit TV shows such as My Name is Earl. He currently hosts a podcast of his own called American Glutton, in which he deals with health and fitness, a subject that he knows all too well. He's a guy that went from weighing over 500 pounds to now weighing in the 200s. He spoke extensively about his weight loss journey with Joe Rogan on the Joe Rogan podcast. Today, we're going to focus on Ethan's fatherhood journey. He is a walking inspiration to millions of people who are struggling with weight loss. So if you're a dad out there who is sick and tired of being overweight and out of shape, I would highly encourage you to go check out Ethan's podcast, American Glutton. I'm honored to have him on the podcast here with me today. Ethan Suplee will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between Ethan Suplee and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, if you guys enjoyed today's episode with Ethan Suplee, you got to go check out some of the other Hollywood dads who have stopped by the podcast here to chat with me about fatherhood and family life, including Matthew McConaughey, Danny Trejo, Dean Kane, Howie Mandel, and so many others. If Ethan's weight loss transformation story is inspiring to you, you got to go back and check out some of the interviews I've done with extreme weight loss dad Chris Powell, fit to fat to fit father Drew Manning, bodybuilders such as Stan Efferding, Mark Bell, and so many others. You'll find all these episodes available for you to listen to at your convenience in the archives of the podcast. Be sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the upcoming guest announcements. Hit me with a rating or review if you're enjoying the podcast. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about the podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list, let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Ethan Suplee. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, Dad, sports stadiums are beginning to fill up once again. Concerts are coming back, and Broadway shows will be here before you know it. It's time to take your kids to an event and start making memories once again. And there's nothing wrong with saving a few bucks while you do it. My partnership with SeatGeek means that you can save $20 off your tickets by using the promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS, at SeatGeek.com or on the SeatGeek app. Let's go, dads. We've been cooped up way too long here. It's time to start enjoying sports and entertainment again the way they were meant to be experienced, live and in person. Visit SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS at the checkout and save $20 off your tickets. A gift for first-class fathers from First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father, Ethan Suplee. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you very much for having me. appreciate it. All right, let's kick it off here. How many kids do you have? How old are they? I have four kids. They're uh, they're all girls. Uh, the oldest is 25, then 23, then 16, and then 14. Wow. Yeah, I got four kids myself. We had three boys, then got our only girl on the fourth try. So um, you got the four. You know, one of the things for my wife and I, going from two to three uh, was the most challenging for us. What would you consider to be out of the four? What was the most challenging transition for you as far as number of kids? 
Um, I mean, honestly, the most challenging for me personally was when my wife said, we're totally done having kids. Uh, I, I could, I could, I feel like I would be, uh, I would be happy to raise kids for the rest of my life. Now we're on to something where my wife is like luring me into the idea of being a grandfather. Um, and you know, I think that could have some benefits too. And with a 25 year old daughter who's, who's currently engaged, like I could become a grandfather at any second, you know, um, I, I suppose we'd have a few months notice, but, but it like could happen at any time. But, um, you know, I, I mean, I start, I start to think about like traveling with that many kids was complicated. And then, you know, uh, in their lifetime, we saw the, the, the advent of Uber. And so that seemed like it was going to make travel easier, but then really you have to get two cars. Cause what, what Uber can hold that many kids and, you know, going from like an SUV to a minivan was a little weird on, um, it was all kinds of stuff like that, that, uh, that, that I think in terms, but as far as like all the kids go, I mean, I, I, I just loved having lots of kids. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. So if, if we didn't get the girl on the fourth try, we'd be up to at least five by now, but we got her and that was where we ended that show. So if you could, Ethan, please just take one minute to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. I'm an actor. Um, I, I've done a bunch of TV series by, uh, Boy Meets World was the first. I was on a bunch of that. And, uh, uh, my name is Earl. Um, I did a show on Hulu called Chance. Uh, I did a ton of episodes of a show called The Ranch, which was on Netflix. Um, I've done, been in a bunch of movies. My, um, Remember the Titans, Mallrats, Blow, American History X. I think those were the biggest movies I was in. Yeah, you've had an incredibly successful career uh, acting-wise here, Ethan. So take me back to the beginning of your fatherhood journey. About how old were you when you first became a dad, and how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? Okay, well, I my wife had our first kid at, I think she was 20 years old. Um, and the older kids are my stepkids. I've been raising them since they were three and five. So I kind of, my first... Uh, my first uh, experience as a father was with a three and five year old kid, which is a lot different than babies. Um, you know, I, 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 I then tried to treat my babies like they were three and five year old kids. Like, what do you mean? This kid doesn't know how to use the bathroom on its own, like that kind <laughs> of stuff. You know what I mean? But um, so I, I was, I was thrust into uh into being a parent of basically toddlers or just out of toddlers, uh, 21 years ago. And, uh, and then that was, that was my first experience as being a dad. Yeah. Very cool. What, what would you consider to be the top values, Ethan, that you hope to instill in all your kids as they grow up? You know, I, I try to talk a lot about the, the idea of, uh, agreement, you know, as this, um, because there's there's so much pressure, I think, from society and different groups from within society of like how you're supposed to behave and 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 what you're supposed to do to be a good citizen. You behave in these ways, and and I think at the end of the day, all of these value systems are, you know, it's hard to figure out what is objectively true. So 
I talk about a lot with my kids the value of agreement. And if you if you make an agreement with somebody, um, I have found that it's a good idea to keep that, you know, and and to be very forthright with what you think is the right thing to do. And then I, I also falter between this idea that I have some idea of who I think my kids are, right? And who they actually are might not always align with what I want for them and what I think they are and who I think they are. And so, you know, coming to terms with allowing them to be who they are has been interesting too, you know? Um, I have friends who who are, uh, who are comedy writers, for example, whose parents wanted them to be engineers and they were in school for engineering and, and this was very upsetting to their parents. And I'm from the perspective of like, no, comedy writing is a great career to have, you know, I mean, entertainment in general can be hard, but just this idea of like, whatever I think is the most correct thing for my kids might not necessarily be what they think is the most correct for them. And so I've got to try to you know, like, while I'm not letting them as little toddlers play with knives, even if they want to and are going to throw a fit about it, I've got to also give them some room to, as they grow and develop, to figure out who they are. Yeah, very well said, Ethan. Yeah, it's definitely a balancing act. I find the same thing here with my four. They're all into different things. They couldn't be uh, more different as individuals, yet they all come from the same place. So it's very interesting to see. And obviously, a big thing with you, Ethan, that's talked about a lot is your, your dramatic weight loss that you went through. Um, how, how much of a factor, um, did your kids play into you wanting to lose weight during losing weight? And and how would, how did they kind of perceive this entire thing? Did it change you as a parent or did it change your relationship with your kids as a result of going through the process? I think it did. I mean, in, in literal terms, I had a ton more energy to hang with them and do the things that they were interested in doing as little kids. I wasn't, uh, uh, so tired anymore as a parent. I, I there's a lot of fatigue with uh, that comes with being severely or, or morbidly obese, um, and and that was a big factor. I also really love the idea of setting a good example for people, and uh, of course this comes with whatever you deem to be a good example. Um, uh, so that those were all big parts of it, and then just like showing them that. Um, persistence on a given course can pay off and you can achieve goals that you set out to achieve. You know, that those were all major, huge, uh, contributing factors to, to that. Um, you know, I have four girls and so I've, I've, I see a lot and have seen an evolution within, I think that I can never fully, um, understand what, what it's like to be a girl. But I do know that there's a lot more attention paid to the physicality of a girl, I think, um, in in society, certainly. You know, when you get into guys, I think guys are very interested in the way guys look. Uh, and I find that girls are less interested in the way guys look. But everybody seems to be interested in the way girls look. Um, and so... I like where we've kind of gotten to today where there's a little bit more tolerance for different shaped bodies. Um, that I think is a huge benefit. Uh, but I also think that if somebody has a physical goal that, um, 
setting an example that you can achieve it is also a good thing. Yeah, and I think you've obviously crushed that goal, Ethan. So I know that that's a, a big thing for your kids to look up to. Now, I'm curious, too, from, given what you do, I would imagine it's opened up different roles because I guess I know uh, certain body types fit certain characters that people are looking for. Has has your weight loss opened up different roles that you get a chance to play uh, acting wise? And, and did you, and the two part of that would be did becoming a dad kind of change the particular roles that you would accept to play? Yeah, it, it, that's very weird because I, I think when you know uh, when I when I first was having kids when my kids were little I, I I hadn't done a ton of stuff that I thought was necessarily appropriate for them. I guess uh, Remember the Titans wasn't inappropriate for them, but it was, you know, when we did that, my kids were babies. Um, and so I wasn't even thinking in those terms. And then when my kids were, uh, when my, my younger kids were babies and my older kids were like eight and nine, uh, I went and did a movie uh, about Santa Claus, The Year Without Santa Claus, specifically with the intention of like, I want to do something they can watch. Um and, and I definitely thought about that. I, the, strangely enough, now I'm doing a movie that I kind of hope they don't see um, because I'm playing like a really bad guy, uh, a really evil, scary guy. I'm covered in tattoos and doing really horrendous things, um, which is fun for me to play because I have I, I, I was a bad guy in American History X, but I was kind of like a buffoonish bad guy. And this character that I'm playing now um, in this movie is like truly scary. And so I'm like excited by that opportunity and also like, well, shit, um, oh, sorry for swearing. Well, <laughs> yeah. crap. I, I, you know, I don't know that I. I it might be personally gratifying. I don't know that I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff that I'm going to be excited about my kids seeing, you know? Yeah. I always wonder how that works. I would imagine something years down the line to look back at and they'll get a laugh at seeing it as adults and stuff, but uh, you know, you don't want them coming across it, you know, on the, on the streaming service there, uh, you know, before they should see it. Um, yeah. So, and, and, and Ethan, what kind of, what, I know there's a lot of dads out there that like yourself were struggling with weight for a long time. What, what kind of piece of advice could you give to the dad out there that's just on the onset of making this decision that he wants to try to uh, make a change in his life and cut the weight? Well, I know that when, you know, I, I've been dieting for so long and I've done so many different diets, but I, I know that when my kids were young and they were really only interested in eating certain types of foods, you know, it was a lot of like, uh, mac and cheese and chicken nuggets and, you know, applesauce and stuff like that. Not necessarily stuff that, that, uh, was good as diet food. And also they wouldn't eat a lot of it. So they, they'd leave a lot of stuff on their plate that I would then do cleanup for <laughs> with all this rationalization of like, well, I don't want to let food go to waste. And I also have, um, a compulsion to, to, to clear a plate and, and not throw food away. And so, I mean, the, the biggest advice to dads, especially if they've got very young kids is like, I would just say, stay away from your kids food. You know what I mean? Don't eat their snacks and don't finish their food for them. And, and you, you know, I've also found that unless there's some real, um, specific condition, kids are going to eat when they're hungry. So, providing them with healthy food, even if it's not necessarily what they want at first, eventually they're going to eat it. And, uh, 
you know, we can all make better decisions in that way. Yeah. Very cool, Ethan. And then, and then how about one of the things for, for me that I still struggle with now, like I said, I have three boys and then a girl is my discipline. I, I'm not the disciplinarian I need to be with my daughter. That's for sure. And my wife reminds yeah. me of that often. What type of discipline? You have four of them. So uh, what type of disciplinarian are you as a dad? And is that different than the discipline style that you grew up with? Yeah, the, the discipline style, I, I grew up in what I would consider to be a very like totalitarian house. You know, there was a dictator and we didn't cross him. Um, and yeah, I, I'm not a great disciplinarian. I, I kind of kind of the you know, I'm, I'm sober. I've gone through a lot with food, a lot of issues there. I don't my intention with my kids is just mostly not to mess them up. You know, I think they're pretty, pretty good innately. And I just don't want to put any, take any of my baggage and put it on them. So really, uh, the biggest rule in our house is like uh, open lines of communication. So as long as we're talking about stuff and as long as we're very open with each other about stuff, uh, there's not going to be any real heavy hand with like punishments or anything like that. You know, I'm very interested in talking to them and hearing their ideas on stuff. And again, if one of them came to me at three with a big proposal on juggling knives, I would, I would, you know, try to figure out how to make this possible. Like maybe if they're, the knives are made out of foam or something like that, you know (laughs) what I mean? But I'm not just interested in creating stops for them. I don't, I don't really want to um, be somebody who's trying to say no a lot. I, I would rather say yes or figure out a yes. And, and um, you know, and as they've gotten older, uh, two are in college now, um, the, the, the kind of the, the bottom line was as, lo- as long as you tell us what's going on, we're not going to get mad and freak out. If you... If you uh, if you ever need a ride home from a party because somebody's been drinking, I will even do like no questions asked, just so long as you're telling me you need help. Um, and and that's worked pretty well. You know, we haven't had any big disasters, and we're we're super close with our kids, and we talk about stuff, and 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 that makes me happier. There there came a point where. I really didn't feel like I could communicate with my parents about some of the stuff I was going through. And, and maybe that's on me too. I'm not blaming them. I'm not sitting here angry at anyone, but, but there was no real effort from them to say, like, talk to us about anything. And and I really have made that abundantly clear with my kids that like, you know, there's nothing that you can do that's going to surprise me or make me hate you. So as long as you're telling me what's going on, I can, I can be as rational as possible. And if I become irrational, tell me that too. And then we'll take a break and talk about it tomorrow, you know? Yeah. And I think that's one of the fear. Well, I know it's a fear of mine is that it is one of the reasons why, like, sometimes if there's something the kids are doing wrong, I always try to use maybe love and hate in the same sentence. Like, listen, I love you, but I hate what you're doing right now with this decision. Or I love you, but I hate when you talk back to your mother. Like, I guess I had that fear of I don't want to discipline in the sense that they won't be in that point where they'll be afraid to come and talk to me. And I think that's that that's more than anything. If we can get into that situation, because my, my oldest is 15 and they're just about to get on the onset of, of all this stuff with with, with uh, driving and dating 
dating and drugs and alcohol will be introduced and all this stuff. So I want to keep those lines of communication open. And obviously with my daughter, she's only six and I'm already dreading this. You're there with, with older kids. Uh, what kind of advice or how did you kind of handle it when your girls, when they became old enough to start dating? Dating was tough, man. And I, and I will say I took a lot of pleasure in the first, um, the first few sets of boys that came knocking of really scaring the crap out of these boys. Like that was fun for me. (laughs) And then, uh, my wife pulled me aside and said, look, now, uh, it's our oldest daughter's, um, kind of go-to to like not bring the boys over. And I was like, oh my God, well, that is not what I want to do. So I became nice and friendly and interested in these boys and talking to them too. And like, you know, um, and, and I'm never under the belief that I know everything, you know, I think kids and, and certainly kids that aren't my kids have a natural tendency to maybe withhold some stuff from adults, which is fine. Um, but I am more interested in understanding what they want and what they're, what they're going through than laying out what I think is right and making sure they follow that. Yeah. Wow. Very great stuff, Ethan. And, and now obviously you mentioned there, you got a role coming up where you're playing a bad guy. What other kind of roles or what, what could we be looking for? What kind of goals do you have here for yourself for the future? You know, I, I like working as an actor. It's a lot of fun. I do a podcast also called American Glutton, which we only talk about, um, you know, health and weight loss and stuff like that. And obviously there's other stuff thrown in, but that's the primary focus. And so that that's really it to, to try to continue working and enjoying my, my time as an actor and, and talking to people and, and setting a good example of, of what I perceive to be a good example. Um, doing the best I can with that. Yeah, great stuff. And then last thing I want to hit you with here, Ethan, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? So I guess it all depends on how squeamish you are. But for me, the, the advice that I would give is change as many diapers as you can while the baby's still nursing or on formula so that when the baby starts to eat solid food, you can say, I put my time in because... I found that even if the baby just eats some banana or something like that, it's as though I took a crap in that baby's diaper. <laughs> and I, I, I had a, a lot of gagging changing some of those diapers where you're like, how did this tiny little precious baby <laughs> create a turd that's like, you know, some guy who's been eating brats and drinking <laughs> beer crapped in their diaper. So that, that that's kind of what I did. I, I had to learn the hard way. Uh, and on the second kid, I was like, this kid crapped. I'm changing. I changed every diaper I possibly could until the solid food came in. And once that solid food came in, I was like, I put in my time. I'm no longer the guy from this job. <laughs> yeah, I love that, Ethan. I've been there myself. So I love the message. This has been an honor for me. I got to say, uh, Ethan Suplee, you're a first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here at First Class Fatherhood. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Ethan Suplee for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Be sure you follow me on Instagram because I will be dropping some huge guest announcements on there soon. You don't want to miss out who's coming next year on First Class Fatherhood. Uh, that's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are First Class Fathers. Your half-truths and tales As tall as the trees Have a soft feeling so